This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome, welcome. We're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Also, on live on Instagram at the same time, my simulcast. So we're here for you. We're here for your pets. And very easy to get a hold of me. We'd love you to join me. Come on here live with your pet. Very easy. Just go on to PetLifeRadio.com and you click on Shows. Scroll to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. There's a link, a Zoom link left for you. So you can go ahead and do the Zoom. Another way to get is to give us a call toll-free, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. And uh, that's a good old-fashioned way. But that way, I, I can't see you. I can't see your pet. And I get, you know, that's why I like telemedicine so much, is that you know, they say a picture's worth a thousand words. You can send me a picture of something, and yeah, I can get a good feel about it, especially if it's like a skin lesion or something. But when the problem is a pet's attitude, or, or limping, or, or slowing down, or soreness, if you show me a video, I can make, oh my God, it's so much easier to really make a diagnosis than you trying to explain what your pet is doing. Let me see it. And then it makes more sense. So anyway, as you know, those of you who can join me, please do. And if I don't get to your questions, you can always send them to me uh, either on live on Instagram, just send them to me and I will uh, get them answered and get uh, back to you as soon as I can. Or Join us here live on Pet Life Radio. That's that's a good way too. You can also send them to me to Dr. Jeff, Dr. Jeff at petliferadio.com. So anyway, as you know, I like to peruse the news. I found some really cool story stuff. And this is I felt really interesting, especially because it's really when you think about high tech in the veterinary world, this is cool. So the header was bone marrow transplant gives lab more years of life. What's the story? Well, Galaxy was a five-year-old lab who was diagnosed with lymphoma, and it was a B-cell lymphoma in the bone marrow. So instead of traditional chemo, and we have, you know, there are two cell types of lymphoma, there's B and T. We say B-cell is bad, T is terrible. T-cell lymphoma is more difficult to treat and not as, as sensitive to treatment. The B-cells, you can do better, but you're still, it's finite. You're rarely, it's not like not a Hodgkin's lymphoma where you, where you can actually cure it. Uh, this is something that is probably not curable. We can, as I said, give some good quality of life, treat with chemo. So what they're doing, at least this one doctor, he's a pioneer in the field at Cornell, at the Veterinary School of Cornell, all right, is doing bone marrow transplant, transplanting the stem cells from bone marrow to the, for the right donor. Well, in this case, the donor was Galaxy's half-brother. And they matched, and they did a bone marrow transplant. It's been three years, and Galaxy is still doing great, as is his brother. So his brother was not only his brother, but his donor. And uh, that's really cool. So when you think about that sort of, I have no idea what it costs. It was just a story. I probably could find out if there's any interest. But just the fact that we can actually do that now, I think that's really, really, well, you know what else? You know, you would think that we are the most advanced doctors on the planet here in, in California, in the United States. You know, the top vet school in the world is UC Davis. I mean, Cornell is number two. I mean, we're talking big time. Yet there is a veterinarian in Japan, who I think is only the one. He's actually training others that are doing valve, heart valve, open heart surgery and transplanting valves in dogs. And one of my patients actually heard about this guy. She flew, she and her dog to Japan. 
She was there for like two months and they did the surgery and the dog is doing absolutely amazing. So that's, that's pretty good. Open heart surgery, valvular transplant on a dog. Cost-wise, it wasn't crazy when you think about some of the other costs. I think the whole thing cost about 10 grand. And uh, I mean, you know, you can take your dog into a surgical facility, especially an emergency surgery. Things like, you know, an intestinal surgery is going to cost you seven or 8,000. So cataract surgery is uh, probably six, 7,000 so for two eyes. I mean, prices have gotten crazy. So 10 grand to go to Japan and have an open heart surgery and, and give your dogs new heart valves and make them better. So that's pretty cool. A veterinary sedative that basically is contributing to the human opioid crisis. This is like the is same thing as we say, and, and there's much literature out there, you should not take animal ivermectin. It's made a little differently. The actual active ingredient is the same, but, but what it's in the strength. You know, when you buy veterinary ivermectin, if you look at it, it's really for horses, cattle. I mean, it's, it's so super concentrated. And don't think that it's the uh, same thing. And people are really getting sick by uh, taking the veterinary ivermectin. But anyway, this is called the xylazine. Xylazine is the sedative we often use. We often use it as a pre-anesthetic and not approved for human use. Let me repeat, not approved for human use. And yet people are taking it. And uh, apparently in many of the opioid deaths, it is the underlying cause for overdosing is the xylazine. I mean, overall in 2019, uh, it was listed as a contributor to mortality in about two thirds of cases where it was detected. It doesn't mean two thirds of the cases. It was only a small percent, I think three or 4%. But of the three or 4% that died from that, um, that, that, that was the active ingredient was the xylazine. Bottom line is, well, first of all, don't do the drugs, the opioids at all. But if you're going to be dumb enough to do it, don't use veterinary xylazine because it could kill you. So this next story is it, it's cute and it's really sad. And sometimes that could be sad stuff, but this is sad. So Valian, B-A-L-I-A-N, was an Alaskan Malamute diagnosed with a very fast spreading cancer. I don't know his age. The story didn't give his age, but maybe he's probably older. So he was diagnosed this past summer. And as an Alaskan Malamute, his joy in life, he lived in Pittsburgh, his joy in life was wintertime, frolicking in the snow, having the best time. And he lived for the snow. And here he is, summertime diagnosed with cancer, fast growing, and his parents were so afraid that he would not have one more chance to frolic along in the snow. So they find, tried to contact some movie sets that make artificial snow. That didn't work out. They were thought about traveling someplace where there could be snow. That wasn't going to work out. It's very hard to travel, especially with a big dog like that. So what they did was obviously Pittsburgh, and you got the Pittsburgh Penguins. There are a lot of ice hockey rinks. Well, they went to a local ice hockey rink, talked to the, the owner, the manager, whatever, and said, you know, when you do that, you know, when you shave the ice, you got that big, like a tractor that's is cleaning up the ice. So what do you do with those shavings? They usually, if you look, if you've ever been to a hockey game, you know, it looks like snow. And they were doing this once a week. And um, I think it's called the Zamboni. And uh, anyway, they made arrangements to bring Valian to the ice rink when they did a cleaning, had this huge huge pile of snow. And uh, he frolicked and played and romped. And he got to do it one more time before they had to say goodbye. So uh, that's that's pretty cool. I have another story here that I decided I'm going to wait till the second half of the show, because I was going to devote more time to this one. It is so appropriate for our timing. Now, I got a call this morning and just give you a, a prelude from one of my clients whose dog has been vomiting, lethargic, x-rays taken at emergency center. They were, they were out of town. They were in Orange County. And there was a little gas powder. They sent me the x-rays, uh, concerning, but it wasn't that classic. Oh my God, we're obstructed. They called me today. They're heading back into LA. 
And the dog has been extremely lethargic, not eating, not drinking, didn't vomit, but still drooling. It's very nauseous. And that, that gas pocket, again, they didn't reach, nobody took retook, recheck x-rays, but I'd imagine this dog living in a house with little kids, it's obstructed, ate something. It needs surgery. There, there's hardly any doubt. I wouldn't even waste my time with it with a barium study at this point. The symptoms are so, so typical. And the dog is young. And I mean, everything is pointing to it. And I always say, you know, when you're faced with decisions like this that are now extremely time sensitive, what are the ramifications? If you go in, find out that it's just really severe inflammation or irritation or a gastritis or a, an enteritis. We would always go in, we would take some samples anyway, so it's not wasted to make sure there's nothing more going on. And then you close them up and they wake up versus being a little bit too conservative. You already have a dog that's going, this is going on for three days and you decide to, you know what, I'm going to put them on some more fluids or fluids. They did they, at the emergency center there, they didn't even give IV fluids, they have sub-Q. That's not going to do enough. So IV fluids, do another barium study, which is going to take another day before you can actually, you know, go in. All right. And that day could be the end. So it's like, I'd rather do something, be more aggressive and find out maybe we didn't need to, than not do it, ended up with a dead dog and then realize, you know what, I should have done it. So at this point, this many days, I think it had to her. Anyway, she called a seven emergency facilities in town. Three of them literally shut their phones off. With a recording, we cannot take any more patients. And then one is an eight to 12 hour wait in the car. And another one is two hours. But most of these places don't have a boarded surgeon on staff at the emergency during on a weekend. So they have to call. If it's really, they'll call it in. And that adds another thousand or 2000 bucks to the bill right there. And um, it's crazy. Absolutely nuts. So here in LA County, those of you maybe on more, more on my Instagram, but followers, but anyone in LA County, veterinarians and boarding and daycare facilities now are seeing a surge in canine influenza. It's the H3N2 influenza. There's also H3N8. The vaccine, by the way, covers both. And um, there are a number of cases now that we're seeing. So it's not only lepto that's becoming an issue. Now it's also influenza. So we have two of these diseases that are just creeping up on us. In fact, I'm uh, along with um, Value Vet where I work and AirVet. We're doing, uh, there's a park in Santa Monica. It's just called a uh, dog PPL for people park. And it's on 5th Street in Santa Monica. And from 3 to 6 p.m., I'm doing a lepto and influenza vaccine clinic. The vaccines are free to any of you. Uh, if you want information, you can just um, uh, get a hold. It's called dog PPL park. I think it's 1385 Fifth Street. At the break, I'll confirm the uh, location and the address. Anyway, 3 to 6 p.m., get your lepto shots, get your influenza shots for free. Okay, next up, as I like to, uh, what would it be? You know, weeks and weeks, months ago, it was all about COVID, 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 COVID. It still it kind of is. Uh, we're hearing a lot about zoonotic diseases. Zoonotic diseases are diseases passed from animal to people and also obviously animal to animal. So this is from the CDC. 168 cases over the last 10 years, all right? of Campylobacter jejuni in people. That's a severe uh, bacterial infection, uh, causes wicked, wicked diarrhea, abdominal pain, cramps, et cetera, all right? 97% of the cases involve contact with a dog within a week prior to the onset of symptoms. And 88% uh, of that amount, 97%, were not just dogs, but came into contact with, here, here's the, the bottom line, a pet store puppy. So 
what happens is these dogs have this campylobacter. It doesn't affect them as badly as it affects us. So they could just have a little diarrhea and they're fine. Meanwhile, you're touching them. Now your kids are hugging them. They have some remnants of stool left on their butt end. Then the kid goes home to eat his you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And uh, before you know it, the kid's getting sick. You're getting sick. Everybody's getting sick. So bottom line is you got to be careful out there. And another zoonotic story, and that is that consumption. there's more consumption of migratory wild migratory animals. And that poses a threat to humans. There was a report from the UN studied 105 different migratory species and found that they harbored 60, six, zero, all right, zoonotic viral pathogens. Well, keep that in mind. If you're going to eat weird meats from migratory animals, if you're going to eat meat, stick to the regular meat. <laughs> Don't go nuts because you can get sick. All right. Anyway, we come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about curbside and these emergency and what the heck is going on in the veterinary industry because of COVID. So we'll be right back. So I just want to tell you about a company that I came across and I really think what they do is great. Carlson Pet Products. Very, very affordable. The company specializes in creating pet safety products to keep your pet happily protected from the puppy stage through their senior years. They have a variety of products. They have pet pens, they have foldable elevated beds, crates, pet gates. I mean, all phenomenal stuff. Their pet gates I love because basically they fit any size opening in your home. And most of the gates also have like a walkthrough door. It's a small door for your pet to pass through without having to remove the whole gate. So it's really, really cool. Look them up, carlsonpetproducts.com. Get a 25% discount and free shipping if you use the promo code PETLIFE, P-E-T-L-I-F-E. Check them out. You're going to love them. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun, stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with your help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select Petco locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> And welcome. We're back. We're back here live with Dr. Jeff. One more um, warning. This happened in Washington. We've talked about this before. Blue-green algae and cyanobacteria, a killer. There are a number of blue-green algaes. Not all of them are deadly, but many of them can be. And literally, we're talking, You, if you have a dog at the lakes, ponds, streams where you see that blue-green algae, they're called blue-green algae blooms. And when they bloom, they multiply so quickly. Now, when we swim, we can get irritation, we can get skin irritation, but we're not drinking the water. But animals that are swimming are drinking the water. And literally, you can see the symptoms within minutes, 10, 15 minutes, and death within 30. I mean, it is really aggressive. So if you have a favorite place that you take your dogs and you they love to swim and you see that blue-green algae or just any algae, those ponds are sitting on top of the water, it changes the color. Do not, I repeat, do not let your dogs go into that water. Don't let your kids go in the water and you don't go in the water. Now, the good news is over time, the body will denature a lot of these, I mean, the water, the body of water will denature the bacteria and you'll see the change, color change and it becomes safe again. But be really, really careful. Three dogs died at the Columbia River in the state of Washington because of blue-green algae. And this was just last week. So I said, if you, if you see that anywhere, cyanobacteria, it's a tough one. Okay, so you know, I'm hearing all this stuff about curbside, and I know I wish I can, you know, ask for a show of hands. How many of you go to a veterinarian where they don't let you in? They don't let you in, and and you're sitting in a car. So it is so inefficient. The reason why there are so much backflow right now of available veterinary care is because because of that. Uh, your normal 20 minute appointment, half hour appointment is now an hour and a half. Your frustration level is up to here, and. This is what a lot of veterinarians don't get. I mean, there are solutions. Obviously, you can let them in. Some don't want to for safety of everybody involved. That's okay. That's okay. But by using a telemedicine platform, it can be anybody's, anybody that does this kind of platform. Of course, I'd love you to use AirVet, but I mean, anywhere, the hospital has to be using it in order for it to work. So you want to find a hospital that is utilizing some sort of telemedicine because with telemedicine, as soon as you get there, you make the connection. When the technician nurse comes out to take your pet from the car, goes inside, they'll say, okay, go and put your request in for a telemedicine consult. When the doctor is walks into the exam room with the technician and your pet, then he or she will finish the connection. And now you guys are talking to each other, kind of like I'm talking to you right now. You see me on the phone. If you were on, we could talk to each other, like Lauren at the top of the show did, Lorian, she, we were able to talk to each other. So basically the efficiency, it's exactly the same interaction as if you were in the exam room with the doctor and your pet. Difference is the doctor is with your pet, but you're in the car, but it's real time. You're having a conversation. You're discussing. It's not like, okay, the, the doctor is going to make some, some notes and some recommendations, give you a diagnosis. Now the technician runs out to the car with the sheet, maybe, or, or the invoice, right? Of course, they have to take your money. That's the most important thing to them, right? Then now you have some questions. Well, what, what, what do you mean? Or what, what do you, what's this for? What, what, is that, what does this diagnosis mean? And they're, so now the tech has got to run back inside, ask the doctor again, who now is working with, on the next patient. So there now it's taking an extra 10, 15 minutes before we can even get a, a minute with that doctor to come out and talk to you again before you know it. That's why, that's why it is so difficult to get it. That's why many, many hospitals, listen to this. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We're full. We're not taking any new clients. Or B, 
um, oh, we can see you, but the next available appointment is November 12th. Well, guess what? That's not good enough. You can't wait till November 12th. You can't wait this, until a week. I feel badly because I'm booked up Monday to Tuesday, Thursday this week. And already I do have some slots on Friday and I'm telling people come in Friday. One day last week, I was here till, till eight o'clock, but that's okay. But you can't have animals wait that long and you can't have clients with that anxiety, knowing that their pets can't be seen. It just doesn't work. To you, veterinarian, if there anyone out there who is veterinarian, who, who has a veterinarian that is doing that, either poor curbside practices or making you wait or not taking new clients, whatever. I've had clients last Thursday, okay? I was out Tuesday, Wednesday. I came back Thursday. My first 10 appointments, 10 appointments in a row were new clients. Not because they came to see me. They came to see anybody. We were the only ones taking new clients in our area. Now, those veterinarians that are closing their doors to new clients, closing their doors to you, their existing clients, and saying, yeah, we can see you, but not till October, November, right? You're going to find, you have to find someplace. Do you think you're really going to go back to that vet? I doubt it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. They don't care that much. So what's happening is they don't get it, that when this is all over, and hopefully it will be, and they're going to be losing a ton of business because of these terrible terrible practices of what we call curbside. And not to mention, can you imagine having a 24-hour critical care emergency facility? Three of them in my area, West Los Angeles, according to my client this morning, literally turned their phones off for the recording saying, we are packed. We cannot take any more emergencies. It's an emergency facility. And it's not just one of them. It's all three of them in the West Side. And you got three or four, the one that she was going to go to in in Woodland Hills, which is uh, maybe 25-minute ride, 20 minutes, right? That's they said, we can, we'll take you, but you got to wait eight to 12 hours in the car. I mean, really? During that time, if you have an emergency, that dog could be dead. So yeah, no, it is really insane. And it all boils down to the inefficient practice. Even at the emergency facilities, they won't let you in the door. Can you imagine? I was talking to the other day, one of my clients was a pediatrician. And she's been around the block a few times. She was, she's maybe like one of the, a senior pediatricians. She, she's at UCLA. Her specialty, interestingly, pediatrics with a subspecialty in infectious disease. So that's really you know, interesting. But she was saying, you know, we were lamenting about all this. And I said, can you imagine if you have a, a client, I, I do all the time with uh, like a young mom, okay? Can you imagine going to the pediatrician's office with your crying, colicky, whatever baby, and a nurse comes out and says, okay, Mrs. Jones, I'm sorry, you can wait outside in your car. We'll give you a call when we're done. Oh, really? You're going to let them walk away with your injured, hurting, crying baby? Hell no. And yet that's what we're asking clients to do? It's inconceivable. And, you know, there's so many practices around. I mean, knock on wood, formica, whatever what I call it. I don't even have wood here. I got my, my hardwood floor. I'm going to knock on my floor. But that we have, you know, everyone, we have strict mask rules. We have the distancing. Uh, one person per time, we have a flow where they come in one door, they go out the back door. And we have had no cases of COVID coming out of our hospital. So in fact, when we, the, we did have cases, and this is a year ago, it was two employees and me. I got it from them, but I was asymptomatic, fortunately. But we had no clients that reported they got sick. And um, I mean, it's still out there. It, it 100% is. I know a, a friend of mine was at a, a small wedding, and apparently 20 people from that wedding came down with COVID. So, but that's, you know, when you're at a wedding, you know, you're, the masks are coming off and you're, you're smoozing and you're dancing and you're drinking. I, I, you know, uh, fortunately, I think everybody was vaccinated. Nobody got really sick, but, you know, it was out there. So anyway, my recommendation, if you are going to someplace that's not letting you in a door, 
if you call your vet and they say, oh, we can see you, but not for another four weeks or six weeks or eight weeks, my recommendation to you is find yourself a new vet because it is unacceptable. And there are enough veterinarians out there that will most likely see you. If not, uh, come to California, come to LA, we'll be happy to see you. So no, it's, uh, in fact, one of the things also, this is where a, a telemedicine platform could help. Many of the things that you're concerned about maybe don't even need to be seen real time by a vet. So get onto a telemedicine platform, log into AirVet. I say it all the time. I would say 40% of cases that I see virtually do not even need to go to a vet. And of the calls that I got, and I've gotten over 3,000 virtual visits that I personally have done, I would say maybe 50, 60 tops I had to send to emergency, which is a good thing because now if I had more to send emergency, I would be able to find an emergency in West LA area to see them. So um, I'm, you know, I'm always giving suggestions, always giving them things to do. They're so busy and they're not seeing, they don't think it's an emergency. It has to be life and death. Well, how do you even determine life or death if you can't even talk to the owner, if you can't even see the patient? You don't know if it's life or death. So yeah, it drives me nuts. Can you tell? I'm sure you could tell it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. And, uh, and yet this is my profession. I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm embarrassed by it. What can I tell you? You people have very, animals are a big part of your lives. And when they're sick, it should worry you. I'm glad it does. And yet you need to be seen. So uh, anyway, thanks for joining me here. Thanks for letting me stand whatever on my soapbox. I enjoy nothing more than to do this. And um, if you have any questions, you can reach me here, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com, Jeff at AirVet.com, or log into AirVet, put Jeff's Telehospital as your primary hospital. That's J-E-F-F apostrophe S, Telehospital. And then you can, what we call, request an appointment with me. Don't start a video call. I mean, you could start a video call. That's going to take you to any free vet at the time. Um, but if you want to talk to me, uh, you just do Jeff's Telehospital, uh, click on Dr. Werber, and then you can go ahead and request an appointment with me, and I will get back to you. All right. That's all we have time for. So you got me going. I got to rest my throat. I do so much talking. It's unbelievable. And uh, we'll be here next week, as they say, same bat time, same bat channel here at Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Once again, thanks to Mark Winter, our fantastic producer, who uh, has to put up with me. And um, for those of you who uh, observe the Sukkot holiday, I hope you have fun in your Sukkot. So anyway, I will see you here next week. Be well. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.